Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ah, oh, man, the Tampa Bay Lightning see their franchise best 10-game winning streak snapped at Boston. They fall 4-1 to to the Bruins. Louis Domingue was great. He had 31 saves in the first two periods alone, but... Look, it was their third game in four days. We'll tell you why they were due for a clunker like this. And did you see the Twitter war between Pirates pitcher Chris Archer, the former Ray, and St. Pete Mayor Rick Kreisman? Oh, man, you got to get a load of this. We'll talk about that. Blake Snell made his spring training debut, and he looked pretty good. And finally, Bryce Harper is a Philadelphia Philly. We've got all that in Kyler Murray measurements in our off-the-podium discussion with Bucks GM Jason Light on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Burstick. Hey, friends, if you have a business and you'd like to sponsor this podcast, our advertisers are showing some great results. We now have some new ways you can do that. Just contact us on Twitter at Sports Day TV, or you can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. We'd love to have you be part of our team. All right, so Steve, I'm in Indianapolis. I didn't have a chance to see this game, uh, but the Tampa Bay Lightning playing on back-to-back nights, they lose to the Boston Bruins. I saw where they were trailing uh, three to nothing. First, it was one to nothing, then three to nothing. The final is four to one. I figured Louis Domingue was in net, but apparently he was not the problem. Just no offense. I mean, I guess they were due, uh, in in a sense, to uh, to not win every game. I mean, ten in a row is a franchise record, but when you've played three games in four days, and some of those were overtime games and shootout games. So it had to have caught up to them, right? Yeah, I mean, they didn't have their legs. In the third period, they finally kind of came to life, although they gave up three goals in around a minute and a half, uh, and that blew the game wide open. But Louis Domingue was fabulous the first two periods. Uh, 31 saves on 32 shots, while the Lightning had something like 12 shots or 14 or something in the first two periods total. It looked like they, they they were tired. That's all it looked like. I mean, they're on the mm-hmm. road. It's third and four games. The last three games have all gone to overtime or the shootout. Just looked like they just didn't have their legs. They made some, you know, Ryan McDonough talked about bad uh, puck management, bad decisions with the puck. Uh, kind of got stuck in their own end for long periods of time, which is never a good thing. And, and Boston, Boston came out hungry. They wanted to prove a point. They're hot, too. Uh, they were on a 14-game point streak as well, so – uh, now they've got 15. It's their first. I think it's Boston's first month of not having a regulation loss since like January of 2011, something like that. So uh, they're a hot team, the second best team in the East, and they showed why tonight. Yeah, and I, I think these teams want to. You know, look, they're going to want to make a statement against Tampa Bay. They know if you're in the East, you're going to have to go through the Lightning, most likely at some point. So uh, they're certainly fired up for these games, and it was just that. I think you know the fatigue. Uh, you're going to have a clunker from time to time. I mean, this hockey team has barely lost in the double digits, so they were due. And um, Speaking of that, you know, it's finally happened. What's that? It finally happened. We were asked a question many months ago. How many games would it take for the Lightning to have more regulation losses than the Bucks had this season? It's 65. <laughs> wow. That's they have incredible. 12 regulation losses now. Oh, man. Four times as many games. 
Well, I guess the Bucks are going to have to get better. <laughs> that's all I can say. I mean, that's that's pretty stunning. I know they play a lot more games, but yeah, to to go uh, to go this deep into a hockey season before you lose as many as the football team uh, it says something about what a great season they're having in, uh, for the Tampa Bay Lightning. But also, look, you can't be five and eleven two years in a row. That's why they have a new head coach. So we're going to talk about Bruce Arians here and Jason Light in just a minute. Kind of a weird deal, uh, just to just to segue out of hockey to the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, before we get to Blake Snell, I guess who made his debut. Did you see this Twitter war that sprung up out of nowhere? I did a little bit. It was weird, man. Well, between Chris Archer and St. Pete Mayor Rick Kreisman. Well, Chris Archer and, takes every opportunity he can to slam the fans in in Tampa Bay. And uh, with respect, especially to attendance. I mean, you know, he has said before that. Uh, the race fans kind of don't support them, I guess. He said he's uh, never had, he never experienced home field advantage until he got traded to Pittsburgh. Uh, until he got traded to, to Pittsburgh, which the, the Pirates, by the way, averaged about four thousand more fans, I think, per game. So if if that's if that's your home field advantage, I guess the Rays aren't that far off. It wasn't like the Pirates, you know, led the National League or baseball in in attendance. Mm-hmm. But I guess Kreisman had had enough, and and I don't know if this is provoked or was been building up. Or maybe he was just having fun with him. But he tweeted back at him and said, hey, I love our friend at Chris Archer 22, but his 19 games lost in a season didn't help attendance <laughs> with a smiley face and a hashtag raise up. He's not ouch, wrong. babe. <laughs> no, but just ouch, babe. So Archer was wounded. He wounded the big man. So Archer came back and said, this response is very unlike you. That's all I'll say. <laughs> he was hurt, man. And then Christman said, oh, I disagree with your comments. And then he put in parentheses, I'm the mayor after all. But tongue was placed firmly in cheek. Have a great season. So I guess, you know, there is there is something lost in translation with with emails and Twitters and, and Twitter and, uh, and text messages and things like that. But come on, Chris. I mean, you're the one, you're the one that's been you know had to say something about the Rays' attendance for God's sake. Not just had to say, keep saying things about it. And continues to say it, right? And look, he's probably not wrong in some respects. I mean, you know, this team has won you know in St. Pete before, and people didn't show up, and you know it's got to be difficult to not really share a home field advantage. And not that Pittsburgh, like I said, led the National League in attendance, but. But by the same token, I mean you're you're out of here. You're not you don't have to refer to the Rays, and, and you certainly don't have to slam the fans or the lack of support. So um, he brought this on himself. But then you dish it out, and then when somebody goes back at you, you can't take it, which is really weird. No, it's not weird. It, it, you know, if you if you're going to dish it out, you should be able to take it. But it's not. Yeah, weird. you got to have a thicker skin, right? Speaking of the Rays, Blake Snell, of course, their Cy Young Award winner, made his spring training debut. Looked okay, scoreless inning. I guess you just want to throw the ball well. He seemed to have done that. He didn't walk the guy, so maybe the control wasn't there yet, but that's kind of what you want to start the spring training. He was pleased with his first outing, and it's his first outing, so, you know. Yeah. It matters a month from now. We don't worry about Blake Snell. And finally, uh, Bryce Harper is a Philly. Do you think all this this talk – and I haven't seen the figures. I assume that he got at least the three hundred million. Thirteen years, three hundred and thirty million, largest contract ever in American sports. Okay, so so is all of that guaranteed? Because basically, what yes. they did is add three more baseball, years. Baseball, there is no such thing as non-guaranteed money. Contracts right. so a contract. It's, it's all guaranteed. 
So they gave him three more years at ten at uh, what thirty million dollars a year, right? Well, no, it's less than thirty million. So he got three hundred thirty oh, million 330. for, thir- yeah, I for thirteen okay. years. So it's it's less per year than Machado, but more than. But the largest, the yeah. largest package. I think Giancarlo Stanton was three hundred twenty nine million. This was three hundred thirty million. Right, incredible. So Bryce Harper is a Philly. That that Phillies team is going to be pretty darn good. Uh, needless to say, I mean they did some things even before Bryce came over. But I'm glad that's over with, so we can move on now with uh, the rest of baseball's free agency. So that's uh, what went down in baseball. And then, of course, I'm at the uh, NFL Combine in Indianapolis. The big day today uh, was because Kyler Murray was going to be part of the Underwear Olympics and step up uh, to the measuring stick and also uh, the scale, Uh, and he did just that. And guess what? Uh, He's probably going to be a top-five pick now because – and I, this is this is kind of strange when you think about it, but the fact that Kyler Murray did not measure five foot nine and something <laughs> that's actually going to probably solidify him uh, in terms of you know just just what what he's going to be. He was five foot ten and one eighth inches, so he's over five ten. So yep. man, man, I'm over five ten. But he was shy he of the two hundred eight pounds. <laughs> that's right. That's why I said, how can you deal with a guy that's not even two hundred eight pounds? He weighed 207, which is up quite a bit from what he was in college. So he's put on some good weight. And for a smallish guy, his hand size was was pretty good. It's nine and four eighth inches, which is not bad. You, you know, some of the bigger quarterbacks have 10, 10 inch plus uh, hand size, but that doesn't seem to be a problem. So many many had speculated that Murray would not be at least as tall as 5'10. So he he cleared that hurdle. Now, you know, before all of this came out, uh, before he actually was measured. Uh, John Gruden was like the first coach up there this morning or on uh, Thursday morning and talked about how, you know, he doesn't think that the height is much of a factor at all as it was years ago because years ago, you know, most scouts wouldn't look at a quarterback. I mean, Doug Flutie was the exception, not the rule. And now you have Russell Wilson, you have Drew Brees, and then Baker Mayfield. So it's it's much easier, I think, for people with the spread offense to consider a Kyler Murray, and particularly because of what Baker Mayfield did in the exact same system a year ago and then what he did in the NFL. So Murray could go anywhere from, you know, 1 to 10. I mean, Arizona has the first overall pick, but they have Josh Rosen. I don't know if they're going to take Murray and then try to trade Rosen. Certainly teams will try to get ahead of the New York Giants, who most likely will take a quarterback at 6. That means the Bucks are in a great position to trade back. So, you know, this was a, this was a big step for Kyler Murray, who speaks to the media today. And he will, you know, be able to answer those questions himself about what limitations uh, he thinks other people have placed on him, et cetera. But he's definitely been the story of this combine, even though he's not going to work out. So we'll have a chance to uh, to talk to Kyler Murray. There was some other stuff that was sort of interesting with respects to measurements. Uh, the Alabama offensive tackle Jonah Williams, who we spoke with uh, in the media on uh, Thursday was was kind of upset because on Wednesday, you know, he had his measurements and the guy's six four three oh five, the best left tackle in college football, played at Alabama, started three seasons there. Now, even before they did some of the measurements on him, some teams were projecting him as more of a guard type uh, rather than a left tackle at the next level. And he's very athletic. I mean he moves very well, but there were some physical limitations they thought. But you know, who knows? The uh, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. But, you know, when he was finally measured, uh, for him, it was about it was about arm length. And 
the fact that he didn't have the the length in, in his arms that that most most offensive tackles have, and it seems ridiculous because when you you know these guys go by tape primarily, and he got a little upset about it, and you know he was like, look, if if my finger stretched out you know another half an inch, then suddenly, you know I'm the prototype left tackle, but there are other other left tackles in the game, you know who have a similar arm size and arm length, so we'll see. A- again, I think it depends on which team takes him, but now I believe that it's going to cost him probably on the draft board a little bit, maybe falls somewhere between that 10 and 15 spot. There were many mock drafts early on that had, you know, had him going to the Bucks. Jonah Williams at number five overall. I think the Bucks are probably more focused on defensive players at this point, but if they trade back, then Williams becomes one of those guys, even at guard. I mean, that's the beauty of, of the Bucks situation. If, if you're an offensive lineman is they need both. They need, a right guard, and then at some point they're going to have to replace DeMar Dotson at right tackle because he's entering his 11th season. So they're in the market for offensive linemen. It just depends on when. But Jonah Williams was a little upset. He got pretty defensive about it, and and rightfully so. I mean, this is what happens at the Combine. And, you know, there are teams like – teams that want good players to fall to them will make big deals out of this, whether it's on or off the record. Like, they'll be the ones trying to drive – the narrative that, oh, this guy can't play tackle, he's really a guard, he's not a top 10 pick. And most of the time, it's the, the very teams that would like to see him fall to them someplace uh, lower than five, for sure. So uh, you really can't put a whole lot of stock in, in sort of what the reaction to these things are. But that's what happens at the combine. You know, it's stock up, stock down. And then, then you go to their pro day, and then people put on the tape, and they realize that, you know, he was the best college offensive tackle in the world. And he's going to play. He says he doesn't matter to him where he plays. He just wants to be on the field and help a team contribute right away. And if it were for the Bucks, I think he would be a guard, and they would be pretty happy with that. But that that also was something that uh, that was kind of, you know, it's one of those combine stories that pop up this time of year, and, and there will certainly be more. So we'll have a chance to talk to Kyler Murray today. Looking forward to that. You can follow that on TampaBay.com. I'll probably write a story, or I will write a story about it Saturday, or I guess it would be Friday for Saturday. We'll discuss that. And then the defensive linemen are going to be in to interview as well. We'll have a chance to talk to them. It's a defensive line draft if you want to be uh, completely honest about it, especially high in the draft. So I'll be writing about them on Sunday. So we got lots of NFL talk, lots of combine talk coming up for the rest of the week. And, in fact – you know, we played the the whole Bruce Arians sort of gathering with beat writers that we had off the podium the other day. Well, the other guy we got to talk to in a similar fashion was Jason Light. And, you know, I know on, on radio and other places they played uh, some of these quotes from him on the, from the podium at least where he sounded less than committed to Gerald McCoy being back, maybe more committed to Deshaun Jackson coming back than most people thought he would be. And I think you got to kind of hear, you know, if you've heard him on radio from what he told reporters off the podium, I think you want to hear him being pressed on that uh, by the beat writers and the people that cover the team on a regular basis because it, it, it was interesting sort of the way he approached each one of these situations with respect to contracts. It comes down to this. If someone's under contract for the Bucks right now, they're not going to tell you that they're going anywhere. They're going to say just the opposite. He's our player. We want to keep as many good players as we can. Now, they're not saying, you know, we'll see with Jameis Winston or we'll see about Mike Evans. 
so that that's sort of a red flag in and of itself. I'm convinced that Joe McCoy will be here. I'm not convinced that Deshaun Jackson will be, and I wrote about that in TampaBay.com. I think that is, you know, with the $10 million, it's not guaranteed. The, the two years that he's had prior uh, with some of the on and off field uh, stuff that has gone on with Deshaun and, and just the pressure it adds to Jameis Winston, it just doesn't seem like, you know, that's going to be a great fit, even though Bruce Arians has talked to him and, is, and says he's excited about, you know, integrating him into the offense. But they have until the start of the regular season. This thing's going to play its out, itself out for a number of months. Uh, with McCoy, I, I'm pretty certain that uh, he's going to be a Buccaneer. I'm not really giving that a whole lot of thought, but I guess the draft or perhaps something else would change it, but it doesn't seem to be that that will be the case. But Jason Light had a chance to sit down with us and discuss a lot of their players, some that are moving, moving to new positions. What about the running back position? Do they think they need some help there? What are their biggest needs? What about the offensive line? Because some guys are going to have to move and fill some holes and Caleb Benenock is not going to play guard anymore. Just a lot to talk with Jason Light about the Bucks as they head into free agency in the draft. And here's what he had to say to us at the NFL Combine. How realistic is it that, that the three G, and we talk about the three free agents, and they're all different, but, but Donovan, Quan, and, and Adam, is that going to be a, like you said, a domino effect? Is going to be difficult to, with your cap situation, and try to retain all those guys, or you have to prioritize? Well, it's a, it's, it is a, could be a domino effect. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's ways that we've gone through scenarios where we can keep them all. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just, it's one of those, you can have it all, but you can't have it all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're gonna have to make sacrifices elsewhere. Um, if you just say, okay, we want to sign it back everybody and we want to keep everybody. You know, at some point you got to make some sacrifices. So you got to figure out what's best for the football team. Create salary cap room. You mean with other players, or yeah, that's one potential. So, so much you can create. Yeah. Jason, can you definitively say that Gerald McCoy will be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer in 2019? You know, it's just hard to say that about um, any player right now. It's just we have so much between now and through free agency, the draft, um, OTAs off-season that I can just say definitely on just about anybody. So I can tell you he's a great player and ideally would love to have him. But, I mean, but you can say that about Mike Evans. You can say that about Allie Marcus. Yo, why can't, what, why can't you say it about Joe McCoy? Well, I can say that ideally that we want to have Daryl here. Well, he's under contract, so he's, he's, under contract. Then he's your he guy if you say he's back. You just said it. He's under contract. And I want him to be back. Same with Deshaun Jackson. Love to have Deshaun back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Same with everyone you have on your contract. Correct. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you had, you've had Deshaun for two years. We know about the shenanigans, for lack of a better word. What makes you think you turn a corner on this guy, given a third try? Um, I've had some 
great conversations with him. I know Bruce has too. Um, I know Jameis has a lot of respect for Deshaun. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that happen that behind closed doors that not everybody understands and knows the entire story. Um, I just, I like Deshaun. I have a lot of respect for him. He's a, he's a good football player. Does he want to be back? Has he expressed that to you? He's expressed that he would like to be back. Okay. Is that odd to have that conversation with someone who's under contract that they're saying publicly they'd like to be back when they're under contract for the next year? He just he didn't necessarily come and say, I want to be back. He said, I like it here. I'm excited about what we have going on. Kendall Beckwith, I know you used to talk later about that. Was his injury much worse than what you maybe expected a year ago? Um, yeah, it's fair to say it's a little bit more complicated than originally the day of that we yeah. first got the Is his career in danger? Um, like I said, I'll know a little bit more in a month. Jason, you, you talked about the opening wave of free agency and, and the splash type signings. Is, is it reasonable to say, given the inside options you have, just keeping your own and the limited cap space, that, that this is likely to be a, a conservative or a cautious first week of free agency for you? Yeah, that's you could you could say that. You know, things can change though, but but you could say that. I think the emphasis would be on keeping our own. MJ Stewart really struggled last year. Um, I don't know that he was maybe in the right spot in terms of where he was, was playing for his skill set. Where, do you, where does he fit into what's going to happen in 2019? Is he an outside corner? Is he a safety? Is he a nickel? Where, where does he fit? Into well, they'll, they'll give him opportunity at multiple spots, but I think right now we'd love to see what he can do at safety. Okay. Free safety, strong, like in the box? Do both. Okay. How about Alex Scappa? Is Did you get enough look at him at guard, or is he going to get a look at right tackle as well? Or left tackle? I think that's one with the new staff that – Internally, we've gotten more looks than they have. They've right. seen all the tape now. Sure. Uh, they know that he's a, a player that they're excited about having, that he could maybe perhaps have some versatility to play right tackle. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to give him a shot at guard first, but you know, I don't want to rule out moving him out there either. Right. That's, that's more of a question for Bruce. Is Caleb Beninox's time at guard over? Is he going back to tackle, or is he going to get a, a shot at guard I again? I think Caleb uh, had the year that any of us wanted at guard. Um, I think his best position is tackle. Granted, MG Stewart struggled, and a lot everybody struggled in the secondary. Was they struggled to the point that with the new coaching staff coming coming in, you're giving them a clean slate, like you know, starting from scratch, basically. Yeah, I think I think any staff that comes in always gives their players a clean slate. It's, but the younger guys specifically. Yeah, especially the young guys, right? So and we have a young secondary. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, with all the talks that we've had with the coaches. And discussions I've had with them, it's there's a lot of excitement about the secondary and the defense. I think you know they came in not quite knowing they were, you know the the talk around town is the defense is was horrible and we had you know, these were, rankings were terrible and they were I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat that. But when they dive into the tape, they were excited about you know we have some good football players. We have you know uh, Levante Juan. JPP, Carl Nassib, you got Vita, you got Gerald, you got some, Carlton did some great things for a rookie. Um, we're real excited about Vernon Hargraves. They are very excited about Vernon Hargraves. So I don't think the cupboard's empty. So, but this will be an interesting year. It'll be a fun year. When you talk about Hargraves moving forward, he's been a guy that's been outside, he's been in the slot. Do you, do you have a sense for where he might fit best next year? 
It kind of depends. It depends on what uh, what the makeup of our team is. So he can play both. I know he's a really good nickel. Um, I know he's a really good press guy outside. So um, like to keep him at one spot, but it depends. Bruce has said he came in and he said, Jameis, is our, he's our quarterback. This is his team. What does that mean with respect to who your backup quarterback would be? Um, what kind of guy? I mean, Fitz was here last year. He's a free agent. Um, just sort of what, what does it mean? that? Well, first we want, you know, this is a better question for Bruce because I'll let you yeah, know yeah, yeah. the words in his mouth. Yeah. But you want somebody that can that can handle the position if need be. You know? Right. But secondly, I know what's important to Bruce in the development of a quarterback, a young quarterback in James his stature and um, where at the point where he is is not having him look over his shoulder right so and um, not to say that there are certain guys that would be trying to steal his job but there are certain guys that you know things aren't going well a certain day that Jameis has to worry about this guy taking his job so mm-hmm. I know that that was important to Bruce and, and do you I mean I know him and Fitz got along well but um where, this time last year, you were re-signing Fitzpatrick, and where where does that look like now? You still have Ryan Griffin too. That's a free agent. Mm-hmm. Well, we're still in the discussion stage with our pending free agents. Are so. you are you interested in bringing back Fitzpatrick and also Griffin, or one of the other? Uh, I don't want to rule both of them out, but uh, it'll probably be one. One or the other. Yep. Jason, you've talked a lot about Peyton Barber last year. Have you guys got to a point where you know how you're going to tender him as a restricted free agent? Does he know? Um, I don't. We are still in the middle of those discussions. We'll probably know a little bit more. Well, we have a deadline coming up. Right. But, uh, you know, we can tender him high, we can tender him the original round, or we can work on extension. So, When you look at, at the cornerbacks that you've drafted that you're expecting to, to be the guys this year, um, with Carlton Davis, zero interceptions, Vernon Hargraves in three years, one interception. Are you concerned about the lack of, of, of interceptions, of playmaking ability in the secondary because it is so young and so inexperienced? And you factor yeah. in Jordan I mean, Whitehead and the other you know, safety. That's been, uh, obviously, we haven't been playing good enough in terms of the turnover battle. Yes. Um, is that a factor in who we're going to take? Um, I don't know you can say that just because a guy has a ton of interception production doesn't mean that he's going to have it at the next level. I mean, you've got other skills that you need to uh, keep in mind, size, sure. speed, and instincts. But would that would that maybe steer you or direct you towards free agency to get guys that have proven at this level to come in with the experience to supplement what, sure. you, what you've done? Sure. As How long as they're the right price. Correct. How much of the secondary, secondary clearly struggled? How much of that was just poor execution? How much of that was putting guys in bad positions to be able to make plays. You know, I I want to look forward. I don't want to look back. I, that's, uh, I have respect for the coaches that were here. I'm very excited about the coaches that we have here now. So, um, you know, I don't want to put that on them. Looking forward, how does McCoy fit? What do they want to do on defense? You know, he's, this is going back a few years, but, you know, Todd will use a three technique, which Gerald is. Right. And we had that in our... 3-4 with uh, Darnell Dockett in Arizona. And yeah. Darnell had one of his best years that first year. Um, so, I mean, he fits. They Three see that kind fits. of transition for him. Yeah. You like the fact that uh, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but Vita Vea played in the 3-4 scheme a lot at Washington. 
the nose, the three, the five. Now, fast forward to Todd's Play them two feet. Yeah, yeah. Fast forward to now, having that background in year two of his NFL career, that that probably speeds things up for him. Yeah, not? no, yeah. At least he's had the um, he's had the looks before and taking the reps there, which yeah. is huge. Yeah. Does Todd like the fact that he has some position versatility? He's not just going to be a nose in this game. He he has the ability to play elsewhere. Well, he does have the ability to play elsewhere, or he could have the ability to be one of the best nose tackles in the league. So, um, but it's always great to have versatility. This uh, the combine is kind of like everybody gets together from the league. It feels like the start of the 2019 season in a sense. I mean, you guys have been doing the stuff in the lab, but now you, now that you're here, what's been the reaction to Bruce coming back and to seeing him back in the mix again? I know he wasn't gone long. I haven't heard one negative thing. It's it's. I've heard so many compliments on Bruce and the coaching staff. Um, he's got just such a way about him. He's, you know, he's CEO of his staff, CEO of the players. He's, he's, uh, those guys are so loyal to him, and his friends throughout the league um, remain his friends for life. Yeah. So he's just got that. Is it neat seeing him back in the arena? Oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's great. Hung out with him at dinner two nights ago and lunch yesterday. And yeah. Just, He's a rock star. <laughs> Can you elaborate a little bit more on what these two practices are going to look like in the, in the OTAs, right? One for veterans, one for young players. Well, I'd like Bruce to be able to okay. elaborate a little bit more, but just from your perspective, but my perspective, it's, we he likes to have two practices going on at the same time. That's why he likes a larger coaching staff. He wants to have a coach being able to coach on both fields, all positions, and it gives the guys an opportunity to get the 50, 60 reps instead of some guys were getting eight, you know, in a regular OTA. So with the with the first team or with the live look. So this is it's a great way of being able to evaluate, giving an extra tool to evaluate players and see what we got. We would have identified, uh, you know, Humphreys and Cambray maybe a little earlier than we did. Right. Uh, where did that that originate? Is that his idea? Did he borrow that from somebody else? I don't know who he. I don't know if that's. I have to ask him. Okay. I just know that that's ways always like to do it. Jason, you talked about the possibility of having to make sacrifices as you make these in-house decisions, uh, given. You can get better on both sides of the ball, but given how the defense went and, and the record set by the offense, it, is it reasonable to think you might have to make some moves to reapportion your resources to the defensive side to, to bring that side up? You, you don't want to, you just don't want to hurt your football team. Now, yeah, we could do that, or we could say, you know what, we've got a good offense, let's make it even better. You know? Right. You take have the sacrifices somewhere else. You don't want to do that. You'd like to keep it as even as possible, but. Jason, from the outside looking in, if you don't make a lot of changes to your team, and a lot of the, the players that you've had now for two, five, eleven seasons remain, from the outside looking in, for for fans that they're going to look at this and say, so was the coaching, because the, the talent's here, so it was the coaching. Is that is that a fair assessment? You know, I don't want to speak on the fans' behalf. Uh, um, I will say this, that over the years, we've spent a lot of money on free agents. And, uh, you know, sometimes you hit on a couple, but uh, for the most part, I think that some of these high-priced guys haven't really worked out. Got So not necessarily doing that isn't necessarily reflective of what we think of the talent on the team. It's just what's the best process of making this team better. I think we've done a good job drafting and developing haven't hit on every player, but bringing bringing up the guys like that are up this year, I think that's the that's the key. 
with Deshaun, and look, it, this is unavoidable, but like during the trade deadline, it was made pretty clear he he talked to you about wanting to to go somewhere else. And are you what what gives you other than your conversations? I suppose if you want to let us in on those, what makes you think that that he's is it Bruce? Is it is it you know the new chapter? What what would what is it he's related to you that says you know I want to be a Buck? I, you know what? That's a better question for you to ask him. Okay. But I can tell you this: that he's he's excited about this particular offense. Yeah. Okay. Does it put pressure on Jameis though to have that guy to get him the ball? Because we've seen the percentage, you know, what it was when he throws to him versus everybody else, and um, what other quarterbacks have done, like Fitzpatrick last year. I think there's a lot of factors that went into that, but it's yeah. I think you'd have to ask Jameis that. I don't ever see Jameis. If you ask Jameis, want Deshaun or not Deshaun, I can guarantee he's going to say I want Deshaun. He has said that, yeah. So, you, you touched on Noah Spence there. Can, can you just – this was a guy that five and a half sacks was the, the NFL defensive rookie of the month in November during his rookie season. And then obviously he dealt with the injuries, went on IR, missed a lot of the 2017 season. And last year was just invisible, even even during the preseason. What, what transpired to – make what was at least it looked like like a promising start to the guy's career just kind of go south um you know sometimes the the coaching schemes what they want um in a particular player whether it's size and length in this particular case might have something to do with that um noah is is built more as a sub rusher in a 4-3 um a rush end um but you know, three, four, it opens up a lot of doors for him. Um, that's where his athleticism and his his size and everything fits fits in better. So that's when I said that he's got may have a rebirth here. Um, that's what I meant as a linebacker. As a linebacker, yeah. Are there other players that you think specifically on this defense are better in a three-four than what you put them in in a four-three? Um, no, no is the first one that comes to mind, but there's a lot of them that can. It doesn't matter if it's three, four, four, three. You can be called a linebacker, but have your hand down and be rushing off the edge, but you're called a linebacker. So it's not really going to matter. So for some, so but no is the first one that comes to mind. Anything else? Oh, I, right. I, I want to ask you about, about this, the kicking situation right now. Um, Matt Bryant's available. Harris Santos, as you know, is still. Unsigned in terms of going into free agency, um, th- that has been a very challenging position for you to fill. You try to tackle it a lot of different ways. What is your general overall? Aside from we we, we got to find a good guy. Our latest guy. step is to sign a guy from Denmark. So huh? yeah, <laughs> right, that's right. <laughs> Last name Anderson. Now. Those guys have had success. In okay, <laughs> opening. Yeah. but but just can you just speak to that position and maybe yeah, what's out there? We're we're talking through. Every scenario, that every available guy from free agency to the draft to just about any avenue that you can think of, we want to make sure that we get the best possible kicker in here for our situation. It, is it like, for example, last year with, with Chama Canzaro, you paid him a big contract, and there, there wasn't an awful lot of competition in training camp because he was the guy, right? Mm-hmm. Are you looking to have more of a competitive type of training camp? Would ideally like that, yeah. Has that position given you more grief than any other position since you've been here? Speaking of kicking, you know, Matt Bryan is out there for the Atlanta Falcons, of course, 
he'll be officially released. They've decided not to uh, sort of pick up a, a bonus on him. And so, therefore, at the start of the new league year, he'll be a free agent as well. I'm starting to hear that maybe the Bucks aren't as, even though it makes sense, may not be as hot on Matt Bryant as everybody else is hot for them to get Matt Bryant, if that makes sense. I think, you know, given his age, um, the amount of money he may require, and just the fact that they have an opportunity to go and try to find a kicker for more than one year, I'm not saying they won't consider him, but I don't think it's as sort of match made in heaven as, as most people think it is. Don't they need uh, him so, to reverse the curse? Well, that yeah, you could say that. You could definitely say that. I remember when Doug Williams was the curse of the Bucks for years and years, and Tony Dungy brought him was the first one to bring him back at one buck place, the old woodshed over there. And then the skies parted, and the Bucks went on a run of playoff appearances, so and a Super Bowl win. So maybe maybe you bring him in and let him kick in the in training camp at least, let him back in the building. But I'm just not sure that's the direction they're going to go. Look, wherever direction they go, it hasn't worked out, right? So you could do a lot worse than lifting the curse of Matt Bryant with Matt Bryant. And maybe that ultimately that's what happens, or it happens sometime during the year. I don't know. But I would just say that from what I'm hearing, it's not necessarily, even though it's so obvious, it may not actually happen. And we'll just have to sort of wait and see how that plays itself out. But we got a, a busy weekend. The Combine will continue all the way through Sunday. I'll be here again. Check it out on TampaBay.com. The Tampa Bay Lightning are in action on Saturday. They host the... Senators at Emily Arena, so you can catch that. We'll discuss that on Monday as well. And we got a full weekend of Rays baseball. So busy weekend ahead, busy sports weekend, and we're glad you guys join us. And hey, if you have a business, remember now, we'd love to have you part of our team. Our sponsors are seeing great results with this podcast, and all you have to do if you want more information is go on Twitter and uh, send us a message at Sports Day TV. That's our Twitter address you can send it to me at nfl stroud or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com for steve versnick i'm rick stroud of the tampa bay times have a great weekend everybody ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.